Hello and welcome to Soul Sister. I'm Jalen and I'm glad you're here. If you haven't already, make sure you follow at Soul Sister Podcast on Instagram, share and review, let me know what you think. I've gotten quite a bit of feedback recently and it's really helpful and super encouraging. I want to cover topics that you all find helpful, so please feel free to connect with me. Let me know what you think. Yeah. So right now we're doing a different recording setup. Um, I'm trying some different types of things to see what really works best for me. And I hate the feeling that I'm talking to no one when I talk into my phone. So right now, Madison, my roommate, is sitting in the studio, aka my bedroom. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. (laughs) It's been a busy week with midterms. I am not enjoying taking exams again, but at least the semester is halfway over. That's just how I'm trying to view it. Halfway done. The last semester of undergrad. I just took a nap, so I feel a little groggy. But today I went to a new therapist at a full-time counseling place. As you all probably know, because I've talked about it a lot, I have been using my university's free counseling services for over a year now, which is not supposed to be the setup. It's supposed to only be like four sessions, but I didn't have access to mental health care, and now I do. So now I'm going to see a permanent counselor. I'm really excited. Honestly, though, in the beginning, I was dreading it because I have such a good relationship with my current counselor that I'm seeing. Um, She actually listened to my podcast where I name dropped her and she emailed me about it. But anyways, I was nervous about like if I'm going to like this new counselor, if we're going to like have the right vibe. I was nervous about going to a new place. Um, The first session is really just like background stuff and paperwork, which is kind of weird because you kind of feel like you're trauma dumping on a complete stranger and paperwork is really scary and anxious to me like because I don't really know what I'm doing I don't know how like it's all new stuff for me so I always feel like I'm not going to be able to fill out the paperwork or do the hard thing so it was hard and I was kind of dreading it Um, but it was good it was a step forward you know so that's at least good so that kind of brings us into our topic of having all of this Um, inner self-doubt and feeling like you're going to be incapable. Um, Our topic today is about imposter syndrome, something that I think really manifests during exam times. So we're going to break it down and see how we can deal with it. According to the Harvard Business Review, yep, I'm citing my sources, imposter syndrome is defined as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. It's chronic self-doubt that overrides any feelings of success and can disrupt your ability to perform tasks. It's the sense that you haven't earned your accomplishments, like anything you've achieved is a fluke or because of other factors, not as a result of your work. However, it's important to note that this feeling is not synonymous with low self-esteem. Research has shown it's common with women, specifically in academic and professional settings, because that's where, you know, historically we're undervalued. So we're going to question ourselves a little bit more. 
And specifically, it exists very heavily among underrepresented groups. So again, people that have not really had a seat at that table for a very long time, they are going to experience imposter syndrome at greater levels. If you've experienced this feeling of self-doubt, whether that be at work, school, or in your personal relationships, then this episode is for you. Although I do want to stress that just because you relate to that description, that very, very brief description, you should do some outside research if this is like, you know, kind of hitting home for you. Do some outside research, read some articles, you know, educate yourself. But it does not mean you are diagnosed with imposter syndrome, okay? It's not a mental illness. It is not diagnosable. And I think this generation tends to overdiagnose and cling to labels, albeit they do this in search of a community and finding a sense of belonging. But I think overall, it can be really dangerous and limiting to box ourselves into these labels and you know I am diagnosed this or I'm diagnosed that because then it kind of gives you a feeling that this is something that is going to plague your life and define you for all of your life and I've never really enjoyed that so use this as an education tool not a diagnostic criteria just a tool to add to your mental wellness toolkit so that's my that's my side note because I always have to have little disclaimers and side notes in my episodes. You are not alone if you have felt this way. Um, I'd say a lot of people would describe me as generally confident, but I deal with imposter syndrome a lot. As Miss West Virginia, I was surrounded by super successful women all across the nation, people with companies, people in law school, people in medical school, people that, you know, for me, a lot of these women when I first started interacting with them before, you know, I really got to know them. All I knew was the highlights from their resume and the highlights on social media. And it makes them look super, super successful. And then with me, I know everything about myself, including my failures, including my shortcomings. It kind of made me think that I was not on that same level. You know, the entire experience was really, really heavy on personal and professional development, being your best self, this over over focus on development um, teaches you that you are not enough as you are, and it's really really hard to feel that every day. It's hard to always try to be your best self and always have this like um, external facade to everyone that you are doing your best and being uber successful, and you know you're representing a whole state and going to a national competition and you're pitching yourself as why you should be the winner the whole time so you have to feel like a winner you know so it's really difficult it's hard to feel like you deserve the seat at that table or to remember that you earned that seat so that that was a whole nother thing with dealing with imposter syndrome and now I'm nearing graduation and stepping into my career more Um, you know I have that marketing internship at my university I'm experiencing imposter syndrome regarding my professional capabilities now. I convince myself I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing about marketing in my field in what I'm doing, um, that I don't have any skills or what it takes to be successful. And there are a lot of unknowns coming up with finding a job after graduation. And it's really easy to slip into the fear that I'm not capable 
So that's kind of in my life where I feel like I'm dealing with imposter syndrome a lot. I feel like it's becoming more prevalent the more I go to therapy and the more I try to work on myself. It almost makes you feel like, you know, you are an imposter, you are a fraud when you have moments of self-doubt because you're like, I'm supposed to be healthy. I'm supposed to be working on these things. But these feelings and everything and it can make me freeze and become stagnant in my life and not want to work on myself and not want to give myself um, some TLC and some tender love and care. You know, I'm trying to work through that and overcome those things. So here are some things that you can try that I have found very useful in handling my personal um, feelings of inadequacy and struggles with imposter syndrome. Right off the bat, when you start dealing with this, I think something that's really, really important is to remind yourself of the facts because the proof of your success, it exists. Sometimes you just forget that it exists. For me, I tend to forget lots of things exist if they are not right in front of me, similar to a baby with object permanency. Remind yourself that it exists. Remind yourself you've done this before. You've been in a scary, unknown place. You've had doubts about yourself and then you did the thing. You know, whatever it is, you've done it before. So remind yourself of that, whether that's looking at test scores or performance reviews at work or, you know, awards you've gotten, things like that. Remind yourself you've done this thing before. It was scary, but you still did it. On top of that, um, the next thing, don't get stuck inside your head. All of these thoughts are existing in your head because everything exists inside your head and how you perceive the world. Remind yourself it's just thoughts and it has no impact on the outcome of the situation. And no matter what, you have to take a step forward. It can be a baby step, but for me, I prefer to dive right in instead of taking baby steps one after the other because if I'm taking a step and then I'm waiting and I'm, you know, hyping myself up and then taking another step. And I'm waiting, hyping myself up, taking another step. All of that time in between, that's more time for me to worry. That's more time for me to second guess what I have done and what I'm about to do. So instead, I've trained myself now to just get the thing I'm worrying about with done. You know, get it over with. Jump right in. You know, try to do it all at once. When you're in it, the adrenaline's going to kind of push you and you're going to get it over with. Um, and then honestly, you're not going to remember it after <laughs> because anytime I've spoken in front of a crowd or performed or whatever, the adrenaline gets going. I don't even remember it after. Um, but it doesn't matter if I'm having negative thoughts, thinking about how I'm inadequate or if I'm believing in myself. Either way, I'm going to do the thing Sure, it's easier to be thinking good stuff, but that's not always a guarantee. Sometimes I have to do the thing anyway and hope that the good thoughts come later because I refuse to miss out on something that could be a fulfilling experience just because I'm scared. I'm always going to be scared. I'm currently scared recording this podcast, but that doesn't mean I should hold myself back. You know, I don't get to do that. I don't get to limit myself and miss out on life events just because I'm scared. So a lot of the time I'm faking it and pushing through until the thoughts are gone and they're replaced with feelings of adequacy, feelings of accomplishment because I'm doing the thing. So push through no matter what thoughts you're having. Um, slight pause because I need to find my laptop charger because my little energy saver thing just popped up and my laptop's gonna die. <laughs> 
Ah! All right. We are back. I got my laptop charger and I caught my breath because I was out of breath and it was really embarrassing. But next point, share your feelings. Something that has really helped me with dealing with any issue that I am facing, dealing with any bad feelings is to just talk about it. Be open, be transparent. That's why I have this podcast. It really helps me process things when I talk about them. That's why I'm really, really loving therapy because I I just get to talk about all of my issues. So talk to your friends, go to therapy. Um, If you can, talk to your boss or professors about it. Confide in a mentor. With over 80% of people experiencing imposter syndrome at one time or another, they'll probably relate to your struggle, and then together, you all can help each other deal with it. Bringing light to internal experiences is an efficient tool in lessening the weight of it, and then together, we're building this community of knowledge and this survival book of how to deal with these things. Definitely share your feelings and and share what works for you. Basically, do exactly what I'm doing right now. Just kidding. Don't. I am not the blueprint, but help each other get through things. The next thing is to celebrate your accomplishments. This is the fun one. When you accomplish something, when you meet a goal, when you prove your bad, doubtful thoughts wrong, celebrate reward yourself your little dopamine receptors and your reward pathways in your mind they're gonna love that give yourself a little reward a little healthy reward buy a little cute top or go out to dinner or you know do a little dance give yourself a little reward i like to do that when i'm studying like if i really don't want to do an assignment if i really am not doing great with focusing i will set a timer for 15 minutes i will work for those 15 minutes, okay, I will put my phone in the other room, I will work for 15 minutes, and then when my little Alexa does her little beep, 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 and I'm done, I get to have a little reward, whether that's like two minutes on my phone or a little snacky snack, I like to have a little reward. So celebrate your accomplishments, and then it's also reinforcing the belief that you are a person that accomplishes things, okay? When you celebrate and when you recognize that you just had an accomplishment, you are reinforcing this idea that you have accomplishments, that you are capable. So make sure that you celebrate and really give yourself some love when you do these things. And then that leads into the the next point, um, which is so important in any area of your life, not just when dealing with imposter syndrome, but that is to practice self-compassion Imposter syndrome thrives in areas heavy with interpersonal shame. Brene Brown said, shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we are capable of change. Again, because it's such a sleigh. Shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we are capable of change. I love Brene Brown. She is the blueprint for shame in women and I absolutely love her. You need to listen to Unlocking Us. I have Atlas of the Heart, thanks to my roommate, Madison. Haven't read it yet. I've flipped through it. I have thumbed through it, but it's on my TBR. I'm getting there, slowly but surely. I, I like to turn to it when I feel very shameful, though. I, I have used it as a resource, just not read it cover to cover. Slay. But, slay. 
I love Brene Brown. That quote just really, really, really rings true of, you know, the dangers that shame has, the impacts it has on us. So when we sit in that shame, we're going to continue this belief that we are not capable, that we cannot do things that we need to do. So let go of that shame. Practice self-compassion to combat that shame. For me, I practice self-compassion by allowing myself time to rest. You know, imposter syndrome leads to burnout. So when I need rest, I give myself rest. Today, I didn't get out of bed till 1030 because I was giving myself rest. I was giving myself the rest I needed. You know, your body gives you signals. Listen to those signals. You know, listen to your body, listen to your thoughts and really Give yourself the care and investment that you need to feel good. And then I also recognize when I've tried as much as I can and realizing when I need to let things go. Sometimes you are not failing. Sometimes the system is failing. Sometimes what you are a part of, it's just not working for you. The situation's not working for you. It's not serving you. And you are clinging on to it because you are invested in it because you're emotionally attached to it. Does this ring true to relationships? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So know when you need to walk away. Know when it is not a failure to walk away from something and, you know, throw in the towel, quote unquote, but to, you know, realize that this situation does not serve you anymore. So that's a way that I am also practicing self-compassion I'm also just sticking to my boundaries. That's been something that I'm really, really practicing right now is to just stick to my boundaries, even though in the moment, maybe I don't want to. Maybe I want to be a little toxic. Maybe I want to do the easy thing or it's more gratifying in the moment. I think sometimes when you don't stick to your boundaries because, you know, the boundary is there to protect you. Sometimes it's not Sometimes it inhibits you from maybe having a good time or doing something you shouldn't be doing, but you want to be doing in that moment. But uh, something that I do is, or that I'm trying to do right now is to stick to my boundaries and practice that self-devotion in the form of self-discipline. And then by also, I think the most important thing with combating imposter syndrome and showing yourself um, some compassion is by expecting presence not perfection. So if I'm showing up, if I'm being present, then I am doing enough. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to, you know, be my best self. I can just be myself and be there. And my presence is enough. I don't have to expect perfection from myself. And that goes for those around me. You know, all of these things, all of this compassion and grace that I am giving myself, I also have to give those around me. That means that I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. When someone hurts me, I can give them the benefit of the doubt and force myself to have a conversation with them instead of thinking that they were out to get me, they were out to hurt me, they meant the worst thing by whatever they did, you know, it was an attack on me. Um, Instead, I can have that conversation and You know, if it turns out it was a disrespect to my boundary, if it turns out they did not have, you know, my best interest at heart, maybe like they don't necessarily need to be in my life anymore, then that's something that I can deal with after that. You know, forgiveness is compassion, but 
It does not mean that I have to allow that treatment to remain in my life. But I can assume that people are not showing up as their perfect selves, right? Because we are not perfect selves, but they showed up. And that means that I have to give them compassion and I have to give them that conversation um, because that's a disservice to me if I don't, you know? Like if you're having that conversation 30 times, you're just using it as an excuse to stick around more. Make sure that you're kind of discerning the two things. On top of that, with dealing with other people is the last thing, um, giving compliments. You know, it's safe to say with the statistics that other people are experiencing imposter syndrome and feeling negatively about their performance and capabilities. So give compliments freely. If in their mind, you know, they are, they're probably speaking to themselves more negatively than positively, and you can contribute to that positive side for no cost of your own. So give compliments to people, give good compliments to people, you know, less compliments about what they look like and maybe more compliments about their personality and their being, less about what they do for you and more about just who they are. Um, especially if it's something that they really care about, if it's something that they're putting a lot of time and effort into, you know, thank them for showing up. Thank them for giving this investment in in a way that also impacts you for just caring, you know, thank them for that. I think society tells us that we shouldn't care about things and, you know, we should be a cool, chill girl and we don't need to enjoy things and care about things. And I think that's really lame. So, really appreciate people when they do care about things and let them know that they're not alone in that. Even if you're, if you might not be interested in it, you know, appreciate that they are interested in it and they are choosing to show up and be present. So give some compliments for me. I'm really enjoying the compliments about my podcast. So that's me fishing for compliments. If you want to give me one, that would be such a sleigh of you. It's just, it's just something you can do to really make someone's day. And then it makes you feel good when you give compliments. Love a little bit more. Give yourself some compassion. Give yourself some love and grace. And then give that to those around you. So these are just six different things that you can try that I've been trying. And it seems like it's helping me. You know, you can work on lessening its impact on your life and your mental health. But realistically, it probably won't ever be completely gone. You know, you're always going to struggle with negative thoughts and bad, bad thoughts about yourself. Um, But that's normal to have initial thoughts of doubt sometimes. Um, You can work to rewire your brain and train your responses to think good thoughts, you know, to recognize that um, your fears are not facts and you can, you know, try, try to show up regardless of the negative thoughts. So good luck. You got this. All right, buddies, parasocial besties. To close out, I will give you some of my favorite artists that are on my fall playlist. It's been very wonderful here. I love the fall, especially in West Virginia. It's been very, you know, driving with the windows down, back roads, the leaves are changing colors. It's, you know, crisp autumn air. I'm loving it. So I've made a little playlist um, in my Spotify. But something that's been a few artists that have been really, really heavy on that playlist. Um, Camp 
specifically all the debts I owe. That is my favorite song of theirs right now. Um, I really, really love them. It is an immaculate vibe. And of course, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. I've always been kind of a heavy listener to them, not just like this fall, but it's really resurfacing, specifically the song Heart. So check those out. I'm really building that playlist right now and just feeling all the fall vibes and I highly recommend. So with that, I will leave you with a full week of possibilities. Challenge yourself to take chances this week and dive right in or at least take a step forward. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.